Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Tonight, we're going to talk about Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, and uh, just the title of this message is Walk in Freedom. Walk in Freedom. And um, Paul is, uh, of course, continuing to address um, the, the matter of, of uh, the Galatian church and wanting to, to live according to the law and, and to fulfill the requirements of the law instead of walking in the salvation and the relationship that Jesus has made available in his death and in his resurrection. We know that he fulfilled the law. And uh, he's addressing the confusion that has come by some who would try to convince the Galatian church that they have to practice all of the, uh, all of the, the laws and the covenant requirements in order to experience the promise of God. Uh, but Paul is reminding them it is uh, by the grace of God, it is by the love of Jesus, it is by the sacrifice that He's made, by the Spirit of God that you have been saved that you have been called, that you have been adopted, considered heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. You've been grafted in, um, as he better illustrates it in another letter to the church, to the family of heaven. You've been brought in and brought apart. And the thing, that's, the thing that, that becomes so confusing when you talk about uh, and why Paul addressed this so often is because the principles of the law, the power and the effect of the law... And the blessings that are attached to them are still in effect for those of us who believe. The, the thing that Paul's addressing is the level of requirement and the expectation that if you do not do these things, then you cannot inherit, you cannot receive, you cannot experience the blessings of God. And so Paul's addressing all of that because there's something that's happening to the people in the Galatian church, there's something that they're beginning to miss out on. There's something that they're beginning to walk away from. And he's calling them back to where it all started. Sometimes we have to go back to where it all started. Because if we're not careful in the day-to-day and in the chaos of life, we will become so consumed with being a Christian that we will forget about the Christ who saved us. And we will miss out on the love and we will miss out on the joy and we will miss out on the peace and we will miss out on the presence of God. And so tonight, I want to talk about walking in freedom. Walk in freedom as believers. And, and Paul is, is uh, just driving this point home in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And if you're turning in your Bibles there or, or getting ready uh, to take notes as you're doing that, just want to remind you of a couple things. One, tonight or this week, I'm sorry, this Friday night... Uh, I'll get it in a second. This Friday night, um, we're going to have the sanctuary open from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. for you to come and pray. You're welcome to come and stay there from 7 to 12, or you can, uh, you can come for an hour or two, or however long you feel led by the Holy Spirit. Um, but I just uh, I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe that uh, as much as we should personally spend time in prayer, talking to Jesus every single day, we should also have those times of corporate prayer um, because it is the it is it is the lifeline of the church. It is the I would always give the illustration to our students. Prayer is the oil in the engine of the church. If there is no oil in the engine, it will not function. It will not run. It will not operate. And uh, when we pray, 
uh, we keep that oil uh, well, well maintained. And there are some amazing uh, principles and parables that Jesus even addresses about the, uh, the oil and the importance of that. But prayer is the key to all of that because it keeps us focused on what matters. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. All these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6.33 has been a verse that the Lord has just had on my heart for us as a church. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. And it's so easy in this life to stop seeking first. And so, if you can at all, if at all possible, join us this Friday night from 7 to 12. It's going to be a wonderful time. We're going to have worship music that will be playing um, come in and just take some time to pray. We'll have different scriptures that will be on the screen throughout that time. As far as a set order or a set way, there is no set order or set way. Um, we will we'll have the sanctuary open for you to come and pray. And, uh, and Pastor Austin will be leading that night. And so if any time he feels that those that are here, that there's something for us to pray about together corporately, then he'll call everyone together. Um, but we just we want to give freedom for the Holy Spirit to move and to speak to His people and just declare, God, we're an open house for whatever you want to do in our lives, whatever you want to do in this church and through this church to reach the people around us uh, with the glory and the gospel of heaven. Amen? And so that's this Friday night. If you can't be here, pray, pray with us wherever you are. If you're working, just pray and uh, pray with us. And uh, if you've got other commitments, other things, take some time that evening and just pray and uh, just know that your prayers make a difference. Amen? It just takes one. Remember, I remember a preacher preaching about that not too long ago. It just takes one. All right. This is going to be a fun night. Hey, listen, this Sunday is your last chance to sign up for a CFA t-shirt or a hoodie. And so before you leave tonight, if you haven't and you want one, um, sign up tonight so that way we can make sure that we get you um, a, a t-shirt or a hoodie. Uh, you can see the different colors and options that are there. We've got, I think, three different long sleeve options, two hoodie options for you. Um, so if you're wanting to get that or you and your family are wanting to get some of those, sign up for those tonight, if at all possible, or by this Sunday morning, uh, so that way we can get those ordered and get them here because cooler weather is on the way. In the name of Jesus, we call the things that are not as though they are. Cooler weather is on the way in the name of the Lord. And uh, I'm even believing for snow this winter. Amen? He's faithful. He'll do it. He knows the desires of our hearts. Amen? So excited about that. Lots of other great things that are, uh, that are happening, lots of other great things that are, that are taking place, and so make sure you pick up a CFA bulletin, download the CFA app, uh, check out the events and things that are coming up. If you have questions at any time, please, please let us know. Uh, we're here to let you, serve you the best we can and let you know about those things, and so, as always, do that. Um, as, we get ready to, uh, as we get ready to dive into this, I, uh, we... Uh, we're able this year um, to take uh, our leadership team, to able to take our staff uh, to the Gateway Conference. If you've never heard of Gateway Church, Pastor Robert Morris is the pastor, uh, planted the church back in the early 2000s. Um, their, their first Sunday, they had their launch Sunday. They had a, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but um, I'm thankful for freedom. There are a lot of freedoms that we get to enjoy in this life. Um, uh, I've shared many times the freedom of being able to drive yourself, turning 16, having your license in your own vehicle, and being able to go when you want to go, as long as you aren't grounded or disobeying your, uh, your parents' instructions or grandparents' or guardians' instructions. You had that freedom to be able to go. And 
moving out on your own, having the freedom to, to choose when you wanted to do certain things and how you wanted to do things and uh, different from maybe how your parents did it or different from maybe how the people in your life did it, uh, you suddenly have this, this freedom. And uh, freedom is, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, the, thing that, the thing that I love is that in Galatians chapter 5, Paul, Paul starts off with a reminder of freedom and the power of freedom in our lives. And in Galatians uh, chapter 5, we begin in verse number 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ died so that we could be free. Free from what? Free from sin. And free from the penalty of it. Free from the condemnation. Free from the guilt. Free from the shame. Free from all of the oppression that the enemy would use because of the curse of sin that was on our lives. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be free. So that we could walk in freedom every single day. No longer missing out on the promises and the plan and the inheritance that God has for those who say yes to Him, for those who love Him, for those who obey Him, for those who serve Him. No longer missing out on the opportunity to be able to be called sons and daughters of God. It is for freedom that we have been set free. That every morning we wake up every day that we open our eyes we are reminded that we are children of God that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the creator of heaven and earth the one who is the one who was and the one who is to come who is faithful from generation to generation who is the same yesterday today and forevermore I don't know about you but I'm thankful to be free I'm thankful that I'm no longer held and that I'm no longer bound by my sin, by my guilt, or by my shame, but that I am a child of God who has been called for such a time as this, who has been set apart for such a time as this, who has been given a promise, who has been born of a promise, and who has a promise to share with the world. I'm thankful for freedom that when I wake up and I call on the name of Jesus, that no matter how big the waves in my life are, no, how, no matter how big the chains in my life are, no matter how impossible the situations are or how big the mountains are in front of me. I'm thankful that I'm free and that I can stand up to every lie and every attack and every attempt of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. That I can stand up to every condemnation, to every bit of guilt and every bit of shame and say, you must have forgotten who I am. I am a child of the King. I'm free. I'm free from the guilt. I'm free from the shame. I'm free from the oppression because Jesus has set me free. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for freedom. There are three things I want to share tonight from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Let's, let's read this together. And, uh, and I want to share just a little bit of the revelation that Jesus has, has shared with me for us of what it is to walk in freedom. Verse number one says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. 
You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. (laughs) The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Heavenly Father, I pray in the next few moments of time that you would speak to our hearts. That God, you would remind us of the freedom that you have made available to us. That God, we will walk in the freedom that you have given us. That we will experience life and life more abundantly. That no matter what we're facing today, God, no matter what our past is, no matter what our mountain is, no matter what our season is, that God, you are our everlasting Father. That Lord, you have given us a promise. That God, because we have said yes to you, we have been grafted into the family of heaven. We are children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. God, let us walk in freedom. Lord, let us not settle, Lord, for the lies and the attempts of the enemy to keep us back from what you have called us to. But let us walk in freedom, hearing from heaven and experiencing the revelation you have for us. Lord, we give you the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Three things I want to share with you tonight. Number one is this. We must stop complicating what Christ simplified. We must stop complicating what Christ simplified. They talked about this uh, at the conference uh, even this this past week. And I love um, Jimmy Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans. Some of you may know him from uh, many of the marriage things that he's done. He serves as the lead pastor at Gateway Church now. And um, uh, he shared such a powerful, powerful revelation on the supernatural church. And, and he brought this up. He talked a great deal about what we've been discussing in Galatians, which was confirmation of what the Lord's been sharing with us. And I love how God does that. But oftentimes, we complicate what Christ came to simplify. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, stop complicating it. Now, you got to preach with me tonight. I know you're tired. I know it's... I know it's the middle of the week and you're just trying to make it to Friday, but tell your neighbor, stop complicating it. We have to stop complicating what Christ came to simplify. Paul's letter to the Galatians and what he's saying in these first few verses of chapter 5 is stop trying to complicate what Jesus came to simplify. There was no way that you could ever become what God has called for you to be as righteous and as holy and as pure by your own merits or standards. In fact, as Galatians, as, as Greeks, as Gentiles, there was no way that we could ever have, that we could ever inherit, that we could ever become children of God. It is only through what Jesus did on the cross and by his death and resurrection that we have life and life more abundantly. And what happens is this, is we get saved and we begin a relationship with Jesus and we begin walking through the Word of God and we begin seeing all of these things, all of these requirements, all of these restrictions, all of these expectations based on the covenant promise that God had made with Abraham and what you have to do in order to be able to receive that. And what the same thing that happens in our life is the same thing that had happened to the Galatian church. We begin putting all of these requirements and expectations that Christ never put on our lives. And so what happens is, is we begin trying to live up to a standard that we could never live up to in the first place. We try resurrecting what Christ has already crucified. It said, those of you who have said yes to me, you have been, you have been 
crucified in Christ. You have been risen from the dead. You have a brand new life. The reason why Jesus calls it born again is because who you were before is gone and who you are now is brand new. There was no way that who you were before could ever become who you are now had it not been for the blood of Jesus. And what happens in our life is we begin complicating what Jesus has intended for us to have in a relationship with him. The Galatian church began entertaining these men who would come in and begin to tell them that the only way that you can inherit the covenant promise that God made with Abraham to experience the supernatural blessings of heaven is if you're circumcised. Paul's whole point was circumcision is not a requirement for those of you who have said yes to Jesus because he was circumcised through his crucifixion on your behalf. The bill was paid in full for you. Tell your neighbor it's already been paid. Man, have you ever gone in to pay a bill and you found out that it was already paid? Isn't that wonderful? If you haven't, listen, I'm praying that the Lord will surprise you. He'll do it. I'm praying that God surprises you. Have you ever? I, I can't tell you the times. I love it when the Lord reminds us of what's been paid for us. I, there, there, are, there are so many times, there are so many stories that I could share of moments where I've, I've walked in. I, one night I was coming home from Jonesboro, and I'd stop. Jacksonville's kind of my halfway point for me, and uh, so I usually stop there and use the restroom, and oftentimes I'll, I'll stop at Starbucks and I'll get a cup of coffee, and I'll never forget one night I walked in and, and, and I ordered that coffee, and the, and the guy that was standing behind the counter, he said, hey man, this one's on the house. And I looked at him and I said, excuse me? And he said, this is on the house. And I said, what do you mean it's on the house? And he said, uh, I, just, I just wanted to take care of this for you tonight. This is on us. And it was another reminder of the blessings and the benefits of what it is to be a child of God. Because the thing is this, when we respond in obedience to what Christ has said, we position ourselves under the blessings that God has given us. And what happens in our life is we begin to see the supernatural blessings and manifestations of God that while I didn't do anything to deserve a free cup of coffee, I had one that was given to me freely. The thing is this, what happens so many times in our life is we try to complicate what has already been paid for in our lives. Have you ever, have you ever had somebody try to, to pay for something for you? You've paid for something and you go back and forth with one another over it to the point that you become confused as if you're paying or they're paying? And then both of you doesn't think you're paying, and then both of you think you are paying, and you're both on the same, and you go back and forth on that same deal. I've had, I've had plenty of those moments, and I've had plenty of those encounters because I've tried to argue when someone's tried to bless my life. And the problem is, is we oftentimes have a hard time receiving a blessing, but we forget that we've already received the greatest blessing there ever was, and that was salvation through Jesus Christ. What Paul was trying to remind the Galatians is you can't pay for what's already been paid for. And what happens when you and I try to pay for what's already been paid for is we begin to complicate the process, not only of our salvation, but of our relationship with God. <laughs> when we complicate things, when we begin to try to take matters into our own hands 
and we begin to respond to the lies of the enemy, and we begin to respond to the condemnation of the enemy, and we begin to respond to the shame, and we begin to respond to the guilt, and we begin to respond to the, to the thoughts of what people say about us or what people think about us, and we begin to, give in all, begin to give in to all of that. We begin to complicate the freedom of what God has given us as a child of God. If our response to every bit of that is, Jesus has already paid it for me, then we stop walking in freedom and we begin enslaving ourselves into the same prison and pit that we were in before we said yes to Jesus. Because what happens is we begin thinking that the only way that I can experience life and life more abundantly is if I've done X, Y, Z. And the truth is, is the only way for you and I to, to experience life with Jesus and life more abundantly is to walk in the freedom that he's given us every single day and encounter and experience his presence in our lives. Second point tonight, not only must we stop complicating what Christ has simplified, number two, we must stop alienating ourselves and return to Christ. I love what he said in verse number four. He said, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. I've preached Romans chapter eight, number one, over and over again. I, I, I try to quote it on a regular basis because I know how the enemy tries to use condemnation in the church. Because if the enemy can use condemnation enough, he'll keep people out of church. He'll keep people out of a relationship with Christ instead of in the very place where they can find the freedom and the hope and the peace and the joy and the presence of God to walk in freedom as Christ has intended. We must stop alienating ourselves from Christ. He said, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. Do you know why so many times we feel distant from God? Because we've alienated ourselves from him. Because we put this, this, this idea in our mind that until we do X, Y, Z, we can't have a conversation with Him. Because we're not justified, we're not purified, we're not holy, and we're not righteous enough. It's the reason that so many people don't want to walk through the doors of our church because they don't feel... They don't feel justified, and what happens is, is we alienate ourselves. The problem becomes when the church starts to do this on its own. It's different when someone who's yet to say yes to Jesus feels alienated from Christ, and when someone who has said yes to the love of God and the freedom of God begins to alienate themselves from Christ. And what happens is, is instead of walking in the freedom of what God intends, we begin enslaving ourselves again in a pattern that Jesus came to break. Because when he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, he intended for you and I to come to him. Tell your neighbor, you got to go to Jesus. We do this whole thing where we say, well, I'm waiting on God. I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. <laughs> I said it Sunday, I hate waiting. We, we were coming home last night and... I was looking on the map, and I saw this big old line of red. You know, if you've got your GPS pulled up on your phone, and you're looking ahead at what's coming down the road, and I saw this giant line of red, and I remembered just about two months ago, I was coming home from Dallas late one night, and there's that giant line of red, and I didn't want to pay to drive on a toll road. So I didn't pay to drive on a toll road, but I sat there for an hour waiting to get through this big old line of red. And last night, all I could think was, we are not sitting here for an hour. It is late. 
We are tired and it is time to go home. We are not going to wait. And the thing is, is in order to get around that line of traffic, we were going to have to pay to go around. And oftentimes in our life, what we think is that we have to pay something in order to get around. (laughs) But the thing is, is Jesus already paid so that you can go around. So that instead of being stuck, instead of being trapped in, instead of being blocked by, instead of being... Uh, Instead of being put in a position where you can't move forward, but you only feel like you're standing still, Jesus paid a price so that you can go around every bit of that and experience the freedom to continue to move forward in the plan and in the promise and in the destiny that he established for our lives. The problem is, is we alienate ourselves from God. God does not alienate himself from us. There are moments where it may feel that he is far away and there are moments where it may feel that he has forgotten or that he has abandoned. But the truth is, it's in those moments where it feels the heaviest and it feels the hardest and it feels the most impossible that Jesus tells us what to do. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says... What's he say? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Tell your neighbor, it's easy and light. Tell your neighbor, it's easy and light. Some of y'all aren't with me. Tell them again, it's easy and light. If it's not easy and it's not light, you're carrying something you shouldn't. One of the biggest revelations that the Lord, the Lord gave me in the last two days. If, if, if it's not easy and it's not light, you're carrying something you shouldn't. Because what happens is we, we pick up what Jesus came to put down. We pick up what Jesus came to put down. And what happens is instead of walking in freedom, we imprison ourselves in a state of misery. And we feel as if God is far away. And all the while, Jesus has said, I came so that you could come to me. So that you could take all the burdens. So that you could take all the care. So that you could take all the weight that's on your shoulders and lay it on my feet. So that when you come to me, I can teach you how to handle this problem. I can teach you how to handle this situation. I can teach you how to uh, address this person, how to address this season, how to move, how to act, how to respond at work, how to deal with your marriage, how to deal with your kids, how to handle your finances. If you'll come to me, instead of trying to figure it all out on your own, instead of trying to make it all happen on your own, instead of trying to do this and do that in order to get this or to get that, realize that all you have to do is come to me. And I'll teach you. He says, I'll teach you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The problem that happens in our life is we enslave ourselves in a state of misery because we alienate ourselves from Christ. Because instead of going to him, we try to figure it out on our own. And then as a last resort, say, Jesus. (laughs) We complicate what Jesus came to simplify in our lives. Tell your neighbor, walk in freedom. I want to experience the freedom that God has in my life. Thirdly tonight, 
in order to walk in freedom, we have to stand firm in faith through love. Verse number one, he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. And then in verse number six, he says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that matters, the only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith is, faith is founded on one thing, trust, hope, confidence in the Lord that He is faithful to fulfill His word and His promise in my life. The second is love. Those two words, faith and love, can be summed up into two things, trust and obey. Tell your neighbor, trust and obey. I love, I love what, what 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse number 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Tell your neighbor you're an overcomer. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The problem that happens in our life is when we make a mistake, when we mess up, when we sin, or when the enemy brings up the sins of our past or the guilt or the shame that's in our life, what oftentimes happens is we alienate ourselves from the Lord instead of taking that to Him, instead of taking our guilt and shame, instead of taking our sin, instead of taking our mistake and laying that at the feet of Jesus and walking in the freedom that God's intended, we try to justify on our own in order to be accepted and loved by God. But the truth is this, the only thing that counts is not what you can do in XYZ, is not the measure or amount of laws that you can keep or you can fulfill according to the word of God. It's a matter of can you trust and can you obey? Because here's the deal, if you've said yes to Jesus, if I've said yes to Jesus, we've said yes because we believe and we love. And he says, if you love, then you'll obey what I command. What happens is, is when we begin to trust and we begin to obey, we walk in a level of freedom like never before. Because here's what happens. It's no longer up to us to make it happen. It's no longer up to us to make it happen. The freedom is this. What a joy and a freedom it is to know that it's not on me to make it happen. All I have to do is love through faith. Love God, trust Him, and obey. So when God calls me to do something, or God challenges me to do something, and it's not my preference... It's not what I prefer. It's not what I want. But if I know that he's faithful, and I know that he's good, and I know that he has a plan, and I know that he has a promise for my life, when I trust him and in faith, expressing that through love, obey what he has said, I experience a freedom like never before because I realize that the end result is not up to me. Stand firm in faith.
through love. I love that the word says, faith without works is dead. What are the works that it speaks of? Because oftentimes we equate that to you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do this. It's all about love. The foundation of everything that, that, that our lives are built upon, the church is built upon, is love. If it's not in love and it's not out of love, then it's out of order and it's not right. And what happens in our life is we oftentimes alienate ourselves from the love of God because we don't feel worthy enough to experience or encounter the promises of God and what He's spoken for us. But I want to challenge you tonight. Walk in freedom. You are a child of God. You have a promise. You were born of it through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have a promise, and you've been called to share that promise with the world around you. Walk in the freedom and the plan and the promises of God and refuse to settle for anything less. When it gets hard, when it gets heavy, when it seems too much, run to the feet of Jesus. Run to the presence of God. I am so thankful to be able to get together in the presence of God and find refreshing from heaven. I believe that's what the church, I believe that that's what the church is for. When we come together as the body of Christ, you are the church, I am the church, but when we come together as the church, when we meet together, I believe that that time is crucial for us to be refreshed in the presence of God, to experience His glory, and to walk in the freedom that He's called us to. Because we have a mission. <laughs> Amen? We've got a mission. God has surrounded us with people in our lives to share His love, to share His promise, to share His truth with. And I'm excited about what He's doing.